Alrighty. Well, I'd like to start today with something um, that um, I've heard before, and maybe you've heard, um, and if you haven't, um, we're going to have a little time to talk about it here in a second. But have you ever heard uh, of the term when you look at a tombstone and someone talks about the birth date and the, the death date, and they talk about the dash and the importance of living in that dash and what, <clears throat> what you do uh, with life is defined within that dash? So I'm just interested to know before we dive into today's lesson, if you have heard that before or know what I'm talking about, at your tables, I want to give you a little bit of time and discuss how does that contrast to being a follower of Christ and how does that help us to have eyes for eternity? So think about that. If you've ever heard of that, I, I, I believe a few people have even talked about or, or taught on it. But I'm just wondering what you think about what that dash means to you. I'll give you a few minutes. All right, so I'm, I'm interested. Does, um, does anyone like to share? Will anyone like to share really what, uh, what that sounds like um, um, to you, uh, hearing or understanding, if you've ever heard that before, um, what that looks like? Anyone have anything? I, um, I have to tell you, um, I used to like that. I, I heard it once maybe a couple years ago, and I probably shared it with a few people then. But as I've grown really in understanding the word, um, I really don't like it. I don't like it because there's, there's some aspects of it that I feel like are glorifying a person's life in themselves versus a life in Christ. So for confusion's sake, I guess, uh, when I started thinking about that, I was telling my wife that maybe one day when, when, when my tombstone's made, instead of a dash, will you put a cross between you know, my, my birth date and, and, and my, my end date to maybe signify that I lived a life of Christ, for Christ. And then I thought, well, maybe, no, maybe I'll do the birth date and then a dash and then my baptism date and then a cross and then my flesh date and then a, an arrow pointing up. And, and I thought, yeah, that, that, that would work. And so the point is, um, <clears throat> I really started thinking about what that looks like. And when we really think about that idea of living in that dash or living in that moment, I think we get contained by politics and the culture and what the world tells us we're restrained to have during the time that we have in this life. And uh, if we allow it, I feel like it'll consume us. And it doesn't allow us to really have eyes for eternity and really understand what that means. <clears throat> so we start living by convictions rather than living for Christ. So I want to encourage you today because I feel like the message that, that I was reading through in Isaiah and just really connecting some dots today brought comfort and joy, at least for me and my wife, but I, I hope for you as well, because what I found in this is just something that is so profound with God's truth, that he has set us free from the sin of, from the curse of sin, that the death in this world no longer binds us, it no longer keeps us, <clears throat> for we have eyes for eternity, for the word of God is in our Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to jump in the text today, and before we do that, I want you to know that I am going to jump around just a little bit, but we'll mainly be in Isaiah 40, 5, well, 6 through 8, and 1 Peter 1, 22 through 26. But I will jump around a little bit, and don't feel like you have to follow along in that as much as I'd just love for you to hear how this message really unraveled for me. <clears throat> and before we get into that text, um, I really just want to talk a little bit about Isaiah and what we know about Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet who lived nearly 800 years before Christ. 
Uh, prophet would have been someone who received the word of God through revelation of sorts and would deliver that message of truth to the audience that God intended it to be received by. Something that um, <clears throat> I came across while studying Isaiah, it's 66 chapters. The first 39 chapters of that book really focus on judgment. They focus on the history of the time up to this point. <clears throat> it mentions the Messiah's ruling over sin. And it also inter, inter, uh, interweaven, interwoven, interwove uh, Isaiah's life mixed into the text. What I found really profound was chapters 40 through 66 tell a different side of it. It focuses more on deliverance. There is no history beyond this point. It's always looking forward. It mentions the Messiah as a healing servant, and Isaiah's life is absent from this point on. And so simply, I, I started kind of connecting these dots, and, and there's a lot more in this text than, than just that. But I want you to see that the first 39, chapter, first 39 chapters focus on the judgment under the law. And the remaining chapters, 40 through 66, focus on the grace of God made possible through the Messiah. So in other words, simply put, it's law versus grace in contrast. So let's start here and read Isaiah 40, 6 through 8. It says, A voice cry, a voice says cry. And I said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows on it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. When I first read that passage, <clears throat> what stood out to me was grass, it withers, our flesh, it withers. That's true. You can't argue it. The flower of the field and its beauty fades. That's also true. Beauty is gone. Our flesh, our existence, and all that it encompasses will fade. I felt like I can't argue that. So then what was left? And it was that last verse that really just started to hammer into my mind. The word of our God will stand forever. So then I asked myself, what is the word of God? And I'm not kidding. My first response to that was my conditioning growing up Catholic. So when I heard of, you know, um, what is the word of God? Thanks be to God. I don't know if I have any other Catholics in here, but that was my initial response. But anyway, back to what was the word of God. I went to first, I went to John. <clears throat> I went to John 1. And while I was reading the first verse in John, it just stood out so profound. John says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He, was re he, referring to Jesus, was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was anything made that was made. And in him was life. The life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and it has not overcome it. <clears throat> So I returned to Isaiah, and I read it again and again, and I'm thinking in my mind, there's something more here, and I really started looking at it by saying, you know, Jesus will stand forever. The Word of God has no expiration. It is not a passing fad. It is not a trendy, moral, whatever. It's not a temporary thing. It's 100% completely lacking in nothing truth. Here is the gospel message 800 years before Christ, <clears throat> right here jumping off of the page in my face. 
So there's more. Listen, I mean, I'm telling you guys, there's so much more in this text. Um, the good news, the gospel, Jesus Christ, he's not going to fade. He's not going to wither. He's not going to go away for in him is life, life eternal. All things were made for him, through him, and without him, nothing was made. So I look further into that, and, and, and just three verses before this text, uh, in Isaiah 40, you see right here, three through five, it says, A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert uh, a highway for our God. Every valley will be lifted, and every mountain will be made low, and the uneven ground shall be level, and the rough places a plain. For the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And then it just hit me again. I'm, I'm telling you, it was just kind of one of these goosebump moments. You're reading through this, and you're just like, wow, how did, I, how did I not see this before? And I'm looking at preparing the way. The hills are lowered, and uh, <clears throat> the, um, the rough places are made a, a plain. God is clearing a way in this world for Jesus a path for us to follow. We know um, further in the New Testament, this was a calling that John the Baptist follows to prepare in the wilderness. We know he was making um, preparations for the Lord to come. So friends, I'm telling you today, if, is it, if, if it isn't clear, I don't know what is, because having eyes for eternity is looking through this life on the path in which God has prepared for the one whom all things were made for, and in him was that life. And when I was thinking about that, it was kind of like for us as Oklahomans, we, we, we know what a tornado can do here. And when I was thinking about a path being made, and, you know, when an F5 goes through here, we know what it can do. And if you've ever stand in the path of an F5, you can see the direction in which it's gone. And it was like God was saying, you know what, my son is coming and he's going to fulfill all of the law. I'm going to prepare a way and I'm going to make a path so big that all flesh will see it. And all of my revelation will be glorified through God, through him. <clears throat> so I went back to the text, and there was something else that stood out. And it's right there in, in verse 7, in, cha in chapter 40 of Isaiah. It says, when the breath of the Lord blows on it, surely the people are grass. So I spent a little time praying over that, and I was just like, God, I can't really find my way through this. What is this? What are you talking about? And for that, I journeyed back to Genesis, to the fall of man, when the word was spoken to Adam, and Adam and Eve disobey God by following the temptation of Satan. And I saw right there in the curse of chapter 3, from dust we were created and dust we will return, a sense that flesh is seen like grass right here, that we will wither and that our flower will fade. The grass withers in the obedience to the breath of God. It is perishable because it was deemed so. But notice, right there in chapter 3, God tells the serpent, you will bite at their heels, but he will crush your head. <clears throat> Though the breath of the Lord blows on the grass and the flower, which it obeys, it will wither. He says, my word will stand forever. So I want to leave you with this because as... I'm studying that, and, and I'm at home through COVID, and, and I'm really just dwelling on this. I'm talking to my wife. You know, I'm like, wow, this is just profound. And she says, uh, doesn't Peter talk about that as well? And I'm like, Peter talks about it where? I've read 1 Peter a handful of times, and how did I miss that? So I go right to 1 Peter 22 through 26, and Peter says, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, 
For sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of a perishable seed, but imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the Lord will remain forever. And this word is the good news that we preach to you. So lastly, friends, I just want to say, Christ is the light of men. We have died to the darkness of this world, to the culture, to the politics, to the life in the dash. We've been born again into a life everlasting. We ought to have eyes for eternity. There was a path that was made. Now let us push back that darkness <clears throat> with, the, with the word that Peter gives us of brotherly love. For one another, let's show mercy, let's have forgiveness, <clears throat> and above all, let us show grace, binding that together in thanksgiving, because the breath of the Lord has showed grace to us when we didn't deserve it, <clears throat> which he made flesh in our Lord Jesus Christ, which gives us that opportunity of being imperishable. And with that, I, um, <clears throat> I want to tell you guys now, just a story because I really want to paint all of that in the context of what God actually reveals through an opportunity to see that very thing happen. So <clears throat> and I'm going to give you a quick backstory to this. A few years ago, we had a big ice storm. Uh, some of you remember, um, and I've heard um, just, just today a couple stories um, of, of the same actions of going out and serving our neighbors. And on my street, I went out um, and tried to help clear away for, for neighbors and um, serve them by clearing out some trees. And <clears throat> during that time, <clears throat> I met a neighbor across the street from me who, um, who asked me why uh, I cared so much about helping our neighbors. And I'm looking for the opportunity now I have to share Christ with her. So uh, let me tell you about my God. Let me tell you, not knowing what, what she knew, but I was prepared to tell her my testimony because an unworthy guy like me was saved so long ago. And I, I you know, I just, <clears throat> I welcome the opportunity of, of subtly or, or <clears throat> seriously or spiritually sharing those opportunities with people. So in my mind, <clears throat> when I hear, well, I don't really believe in all that stuff. Um, I get encouraged to say, well, I'm going to come back tomorrow and I'm just going to keep showing her. But what I started to recognize is that's my own will. That was me trying to do something that wasn't in God's timing. And then fast forward to about a year ago in October, the same thing happens. And now my neighbor across the street is bringing us an extension cord to our house. And she's, uh, she has power and we don't. And I'm asking her, why do you help us? Why do you want to help us? Well, I just think, I feel like it's the right thing to do. And it created another opportunity to talk to her about Christ. And then <clears throat> just about a month ago, two months ago, actually, uh, I had heard a message from one of our elders, and it was really profound. He was talking about his mother's affirmation to God was never in the, the sense of amen. It was on this, can't you see? Can't you see? And I thought, what a powerful, powerful way of affirming God's truth. And that night we came home from Chili's. My neighbor across the street next door to her was going through a really trying time, and he, uh, he asked my wife and I to pray for, for him that... Uh, his wife and him had gotten in a big argument and, and she wasn't home. And so I'm like, let's pray right now. I'll open us up and you open your heart and I'll close us up. 
And during this time, my neighbor is witnessing this, and I can see she's emotional. And I kid you not, I don't know why, but it was just in my heart to say, can't you see? And God's time was just perfect in that moment. Oh, and um, <clears throat> I come home. Mom, my wife and I were talking about that and thought, man, what a, what a miracle. And then we get hit with COVID. Uh, my wife and I... Um, went through that. Um, she was feverish for days and even went through getting tested and negative and then going to the hospital and still nothing. And then we lost smell and then we found out we had it. And then we're still, we're home and we had church family bringing us food. And then that neighbor across the street noticed that our cars hadn't been leaving. And she said, is everything okay? Yeah, we're, we're okay. We're just going through COVID. We're, we're isolated. She organizes the street to start bringing us food every day dropped groceries off. And she said, um, you've served us. <clears throat> now it's our time to serve you. So now I'm like, well, I've got time. I'm here. Would she be willing to just like sit outside in her front yard and mine and let's talk? I'd love to hear her story now. And you see, for, for years, I was so focused on just focusing myself and living in that dash that I'm going to do all these things. And I was putting myself before I really feel like God's will. And what I recognized hearing her story is that she went through a really difficult time and lost her way and felt burnt from the church. And she knew Christ very well. And what I told her is like, that sounds like a church thing, not a Christ thing. Because what I hear in your heart is you still love him and that you still follow him. And I don't think that you should feel ashamed at all. And it was a beautiful, beautiful exchange between people publicly as neighbors are driving by and walking by um, <clears throat> of just sharing Christ. And those are the things that we look at when we look at these words. And, and when I study God's word and I see the truth in it, it just further affirms the opportunity to do what we have in this life. We have a choice to make. We can either you know, be convicted by the things that uh, the world tells us are true, or we can be convicted by what we understand the truth is, and we can follow that. And we can put aside judgment, we can put aside decisions that we want to be right or wrong about, and just love, and just follow, and just be obedient, and allow God to work through that. That's what's so amazing, is God's perfection can be worked through our imperfection. That blows me away that he's able to take someone like me, and be able to do something like that and to see that emotion received through her. You know, Tara's telling me uh, later, she's like, did you even consider once thinking about her whole life that she's lived serving Christ? She's heard it all and she feels so burnt by it. But she's like, every time that she brought that up, you kept referring back to something in scripture that was evidently true, not an opinion. And I was telling her like this, it's like an illustration of thinking if you had a scar and you got an infection, you don't leave the bandage on it. It won't heal. We've got to take the bandage off. We've got to allow the infection to come out in order for us to heal. And she was doing that very thing. It was a powerful, powerful moment. And I'm really thankful that God gave us that time while in COVID, going through what we were going through, we could have easily just kept our doors closed, but there was an opportunity. So I want to encourage you guys that we have opportunities every day Every day, like Charlie said in the beginning, <clears throat> our mission isn't just here in Bible study. It's not just here on a Sunday. It's everywhere. And we can be that light that pushes back darkness. We can be this front that we understand God works through to shine his light so powerful that people see the truth. 
They see what we follow. They see what we understand, not by our opinions or not by what we convict ourselves to follow, but by actual living truth that Jesus says, love your neighbor as you love yourself and love your God with all your heart, mind, and spirit. Guys, that's all I've got for you today. So I hope that you've enjoyed that message and I'm going to pray us out and you're welcome to continue having a discussion at your table. And uh, I really appreciate today with you guys. Thank you. Father, uh, Lord, I come to you again just so humbled, Father, by your word. <clears throat> and just, Father, some, sometimes I'm emotional because I think about the weight in which your word rests. And, Father, I take comfort and joy in knowing, Lord, that um, the things that I battle, the things that we all battle, they're not important. But, Lord, we sometimes allow those things to get before us as if they are So, Father, I just pray that whatever those things look like in our lives, will you just help us to see through that, to have eyes for eternity, to see, Lord, the path in which that you have provided was done before a time we even knew we needed it. But yet you did so because you showed grace. And, Father, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for your love and mercy. And, Father, without your holiness and your righteousness, Lord, I'm, I'm not quite sure where I would be, but you have us here now. And Lord, I just pray that we'll continue to be the light and be the light that shines in men's hearts. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.